want to talk to you today about overcoming fear. Our text for today is Romans chapter 4, 18 to 21, where the Bible says about Abraham that against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Early in our second year of marriage, Jillian and I had the privilege of going on a trip to Sydney. And while we were there, we took a day to go to the Blue Mountains. We're newly married, we're still learning about each other, still figuring everything out. And this day was a day where I learned something about me in the most embarrassing way. If you've ever been to the Blue Mountains, they're incredibly beautiful, cute towns, warm weather, huge sights. And we went to an outlook where we could look out and see what's known as the Three Sisters. It's an incredible outlook. It's really something that we don't have in our natural landscape here in New Zealand. And I found myself standing at the edge of the summit, looking out over this huge cavernous valley at the three sisters that were in front of me. Now, if you know anything about me, you've probably become aware that I do love the outdoors, but you may not know that I'm not that fond of heights. In fact, you could accurately say that I have an irrational fear of heights. So I'm standing at this incredible vista, doing what I normally do, which is taking it all in, but I'm standing about three to five meters away from the edge so that I can enjoy it without having the fear kick in. There's a large crowd of people all around me, but I can see just fine. Now, here's the thing. Jillian and I are newly married, and there are still things that we've yet to figure out in our relationship with one another. And I didn't know, but Jillian obviously has no fear of heights. So she's just enjoying this moment and she starts walking towards the edge, goes all the way towards the very edge like every other normal person would do. And she's standing right at the edge of this huge drop, enjoying the view of the three sisters. Now I've been many times to sites before with my friends and with other people and never before has anything ever triggered in me. But I guess there's something about the fact that this isn't just anybody. This is my soulmate. This is my bride. This is my spouse. And as Jillian stood at the edge of that site, something got triggered in my heart. Now, those of you who know me well would also know that I was born with a megaphone in my mouth. I don't do anything quietly. So I'm standing three to five meters from the edge of the three sisters. Jillian is on the edge. At least a hundred people are all around me. And without any thought, without any cognitive processing, I just yell out, Jillian, get away from the edge. What I sounded like was the most horrible control freak you have ever met in your life. I sounded like the man nobody wants to be. But in reality, I was actually just a man who was being driven by his fears. 
Now, obviously, the first thing that I did was to apologize to my bride and say, I'm sorry that I spoke to her like that. I then, with embarrassment, faded into the background. But what an impact in my life was being had by my fears. When we think about our lives, the truth is that what's common to us all is that everybody has fears. Whether your fear is like mine, the fear of heights, or whether it is the fear of flying or public speaking or small spaces or talking to people or spiders. That's my wife's one. Every spider ever is a white tail. And the truth is that we all have our fears. But what COVID has done, this COVID pandemic has given an opportunity in our lives, our world, and our culture for the onslaught of fear. And a lot of that's rational. I mean, we're fearful for our jobs. We're fearful for the future. We're fearful of the virus. We're fearful of the isolation and the loneliness. We're fearful for the uncertainty towards the future. So many fears. But when fears come into our life, they never come with an empowering impact. The impact of fears is always negative. And when fears are in our lives, they're debilitating, they pull us down. And God does not want our lives to be full of fear. What are fears? Fears are where in our lives, we have pictures in our minds, doubts in our hearts, questions that fill us with dread and thoughts that destroy our peace. To have fear in your life is to have a picture of what might happen that fills you with dread. And the more plausible the fear, the greater the feeling of dread. And when fear is in our lives, it's never constructive, never helpful, never positive, never uplifting. What fear does is it shows you what might happen and awakens within you this incredibly tumultuous feeling of conflict, negativity, heaviness, despair, mourning can even come into your life simply because of a fear. I've been in one season of my life so filled with fear that my stomach shook uncontrollably for two long weeks. We all have fears. Hey, as we're diving into this talk, why don't you just take a moment and ask yourself, what fills you with fear? What makes you fearful? In fact, what are you fearful of in your life right now? Because today we want to talk about how we can overcome our fears. And there is no better scripture for this than Psalm 34 verse 4, where David wrote and he said, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. David said, I was afraid. I sought the Lord. He answered me and he delivered me. Here's four things we can do to see freedom from our fears. Number one, David acknowledged his fear. It's amazing to me how often in my life, and I'm sure in yours as well, we don't acknowledge our fears. We're filled with emotions. We're driven to action. We even emotionally respond to those who are around us, aka this guy yelling at his wife like a control freak on the top of the Blue Mountains. But all the time we are seeing, we are perceiving, thinking, and feeling things that are filling us with fear. But what we 
often fail to do is to stop, to ask, and to acknowledge why am I feeling this fear right now? And the first thing we learn from this passage of scripture is David said, he delivered me from all my fears. He acknowledged that there was fear in his life. If we're going to be free from fear, the first thing that we need to do is acknowledge the presence of what is causing these conflicting emotions on the inside of us. Let's take a moment and just acknowledge that in my life, I have fear. The second thing that we see David did was he said, I sought the Lord. His response to his fear was to seek God, to pursue God. He heightened his awareness and focus on God. He sought God. Too often, our response to fear is to distract ourselves, to, to avoid what we're afraid of, or we tunnel down on our fear and we're just ruminating on it and living in it and dwelling upon it and meditating upon it. So we either go distraction or tunnel vision and we do this with everything that we have. And David chose a third choice. His response to his fear was to seek God. Now, I want you to notice, David didn't seek an answer for his fears. He sought the awareness of God. He focused on God. And this might be the greatest key to freedom from fear, is to realize that we don't have to tunnel down on it, and we don't even have to seek a solution to it. The first step to being free from fear is to find a fresh connection and awareness of God. David said, I sought the Lord. There was fear in my life, so I sought the Lord. And then the Bible says that God answered him. I sought the Lord and he answered me. Friend, if you want to find freedom from fear, just know that God always responds to us seeking after him. If you call upon the Lord, you will find him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. If you knock, the door will open. If you have a desire to become close to God, you can. And as we're in the middle of these fear-filled, tumultuous times, as we're trying to navigate these conflicting emotions on the inside of us, just remember, don't try and distract yourself from the fear. Don't try and tunnel down on the fear. Just focus everything on the one who is greater than all of our fears. And then the fourth thing that David acknowledged was that God delivered him from all his fears. It's not the presence of a solution that frees us from fear. It's the presence of God. And in our lives, when we find his presence, it's amazing what a difference in our perspective comes simply by a connection with God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says it so eloquently when it says, it's amazing what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Hey, I want to remind you today, friend, it's important that you know this. I say this all the time in Arise Church, but no matter who you are, where you are in the world, make sure you hear this, write this down, tattoo it on your arm. Don't do that. But make sure that you've got this somewhere very clear when you're trying to overcome fear. God does not work through fear. Let me say it again. God does not work through fear. 
We need to recognize that whenever we find fear in us, that is not originating from God. Just go with me for a second. Every thought has a source and every emotion has a trigger. And for every person hearing this, just remember, you're not immune from spiritual warfare. You're the center of it. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, that we are to take captive every thought and we're to make it obedient to Christ. Why? Because whenever we have a thought that comes into our mind that awakens fear, we need to recognize that, the, that God is not the originator of that thought. That thought is not within the will of God. It's outside of the will of God. And so we need to recognize that it's not God that is communicating thoughts and feelings that are triggering fear within us. Those thoughts, those emotions do not come from Him. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This beautiful verse contrasts fear with power, love, and a sound mind. What causes fear is when we firstly feel powerless about the situations that are in our lives, when we are immature in God's love, we are yet to be deeply rooted in what 1 John 4.18 talks about, a perfect love that drives out all fear, or when our thoughts are unsound, when we're allowing our thoughts or when our thoughts are being driven in directions that are moving from soundness, clarity, surety, and true wisdom to, in a direction that is now unsound, deceived, and is filling us with fear. Let's just get it real clear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. God does not work through fear. So where does fear come from? Fear comes from Satan. Fear is where Satan lives, and it is a weapon of the devil. In fact, I want you to just catch this thought today. When it comes to the devil, lying is his language and fear is his emotion. Lying is his language and fear is his emotion. John 8 verse 44, Jesus said about the devil that when he lies, the devil speaks his native language for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. That whenever the devil lies, he speaks his native language. Lying is his language. And fear is his emotion. How do we know this? Because Romans 8.15 tells us, we did not receive a spirit that makes us a slave again to fear. But we received a spirit of sonship, daughtership. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So the devil is the one who is bringing lying, deceptive thoughts into our minds that are triggering fear within us. And whenever the devil starts speaking, fear starts growing. Fear is a, design of, is a sign of deceit, and fear means we are in need of truth. The impact of fear in our lives is huge. Fear brings doubt. I mean, when you've got fear in your life, you doubt your calling, your potential, your significance, your ability. 
Fear brings into our lives discouragement. Fear makes our energy low. It can even bring you to the point where you don't even want to get out of bed. Fear will cause you to lose your enthusiasm. Fear makes you want to quit. Fear gets you to a place where you just don't even believe in what God has promised you, said He's going to do through you. And we are never to give way to our fear. Abraham is the one that we started this passage with. And I wanted to start with Abraham today because even though Abraham is a great hero of our faith, the truth is Abraham struggled with fear. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, God turns up in Abraham's life and he says to him, do not be afraid. And Abraham is in a place where he is alone in the night. He is seeing his end. He is dismissing God's promises all because of the presence of his fear. But God turned it around. And in Genesis 15, 6, the Bible says that Abraham believed the Lord and God credited it to him as righteousness. How did this happen? God said to him when he was in the middle of his fears, come out of the tent, count your stars, count the stars, so shall your offspring be. And God enlarged his perspective to fill him with God's promise. So when we look at our text today, what's amazing is that the scripture says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Hope speaks of conflicting pictures. So he said, against all hope, Abraham had a fear-filled picture that filled him with dread. But he said, against that, Abraham was filled with hope. And that empowered him to become who God wanted him to become. So from this incredible passage, Romans 4, 18 to 21, I want to talk to you about four things that Abraham did. The first thing that Abraham did that helped him to overcome his fear was the Bible says he faced the facts. If we're going to overcome our fear, we're never going to overcome it by dismissing our situation. If we're going to overcome our fear, you can't bury your head in the sand. I've seen some Christians try to navigate fearful situations and they just want to block out the world around them and somehow claim every scripture while ignoring their current reality. That's not Christianity. That's Christian superstition. We need to own our situation. Face the facts. It is a crazy world. We don't know what's happening. Our businesses are shut down. There is conflict. We are alone. It's okay to give voice to the reality of where we live. But the second thing about Abraham is that even though he was willing to face the facts, he refused the lies. He did not waver, the Bible says, through unbelief regarding the promise of God. He acknowledged the situation, but he refused the lies. I want to remind you today that the greatest statement of truth we have is the Word of God. That every promise God's ever given you, every word in the Scripture, is more certain than any circumstance we may find ourselves in the middle of right now. There is nothing more true than what God says to you or about you. And how Abraham found his way through the situation was that he faced the facts without being full 
of fear. How did he do it? He coupled facts with truth. Fear overtakes us when facts are coupled with lies. No matter what you're facing in your life, acknowledge the facts and then couple it with truth. Because no matter what the facts are about what you're going through right now, God loves you. God is for you. God can deliver you. Heaven is your home. God will guard whatever we entrust to Him. Our God is able. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. We're overcomers by the blood of Jesus. I could go on and on and on. And let's make sure that we take the facts, but we also refuse the lies. We say, this is the truth. I have a sickness in my body, but here's the reality. God is my healer and heaven is my home. And we ignore the lie that says everything in my life is going to end because of the sickness that is in my body. We acknowledge the conflict. This is a tension. I don't know what's happening with my business, but I acknowledge the truth. God is my provider. He never takes me backward. And even when I'm knocked down, he's going to lift me back up again. Even if my business goes through hardship, God can still restore me. God's still going to provide. We couple the truth, the facts, with the truth. And the third thing that we find about Abraham is that he became stronger in his faith. He purposefully acknowledged the magnitude of the problem, separated facts from feelings. He got rid of the lies. So his faith, his belief, his confidence in God grew. His fear was diminished and his confidence grew. He became stronger in faith. Have you ever thought that what's happening around you right now might not ever need to be the end of you, but it could be the making of you? That the fear that you're facing in your life could be the beginning of a whole new level of strength and maturity for the future fight that God has ahead for you. How? Face the facts, refuse the lies, acknowledge the truth, you'll become stronger. The fourth thing that we find about Abraham is that he gave glory to God. Oh man, this is so powerful because you correct, you cement your correct view of life when you live a life of praise. Praising God is never deceptive. You cement your correct view of life when you live a life of praise. When you praise God, it's clarifying. It's informative. Praise shows us a true perspective of whatever is in our life right now. We never lose by elevating God in any situation that we might face. We might be in the middle of COVID lockdowns, but we can still give glory to God. You might be facing some kind of horrendous situation. There is genuine uncertainty, but we still give glory to God because praise is never deceptive. Praise is always clarifying and informative. You can never elevate the position of God enough. And we find about Abraham that he overcome fear through these four steps. And then the Bible tells us that he was fully persuaded, no longer afraid, that his emotions were sure, his direction was set. He was clear and free in the middle 
of an incredibly uncertain situation, having already waited for a son for 29 years, he still lived free from fear. And no matter what's going on in your life right now, I want to pray for you because I believe that God wants to free you from all fear, free all of us, me, from all of our fear. Let's pray. Close your eyes wherever you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for every one of your people that as we seek you, you would deliver us, free us. I pray for every heart, every home, every life, every family, every marriage, every young adult, every worker, every, every high school student, every person that is listening to this message, wherever they are on planet earth. And I declare right now, freedom from fear over each and every life. We acknowledge you. We face the facts. We refuse the lies. We draw closer to your strength. And I declare your freedom over every person in Jesus' name. Amen.